You're listening to the Finding Unique Value Podcast with Jay Sparks. Hello, this is Jay Sparks, your host of Finding Unique Value, where I interview business leaders that have found unique value in their business or industry that others have not yet seen or explored. And today I'm excited to be joined by Ryan Short, who's the founder of Title Town Acquisitions, which has a unique take on buying, managing, and develop, developing uh, investment real estate. Um, in the days where everyone seems to be either you know, sharing a property like uh, Airbnb or flipping a property to make a quick profit, um, there are few that are still looking to create value not only for the owner of the property, but also for the, uh, for the immediate community. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Ryan is able to stand out and do this in such a crowded and competitive space. So Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Great to be uh, talking to you today. How are you doing, Jay? Thank you. Great. Well, um, could you just take a minute and just uh, introduce yourself and give us any uh, any background um, that you think might be uh, helpful in understanding where you've uh, where you've come from and how you've arrived at this uh, at this business? Yeah, of course. So obviously, as you said, I'm uh, the owner of Title Town Acquisitions. We actually our main goal is to reposition projects all over Eastern Mass and, and Rhode Island as well. Um, basically, we use a strategy called BUR. It's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And we reposition the project from, say, a, a lower market value. And we renovate the entire property from the exterior to the inside. And we try to raise rents from different different possible, possible ways, basically a value adds. There's, there's many different ways you could do it, but... In, in general, it's just you start from a, a lower aspect, a lower property value, and you raise the property value through repositioning all the insides and outsides. Yeah, just basically raise the value of the property. Interesting. So, so how did you like? What is your what is your uh, what is your background? What did you do before this? Has this been a path that you've always been on, or did this just come up at, at some uh, random time and and you really uh, liked the idea and decided to to pursue it? Yeah, when I was younger, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I always had real estate in the back of my mind. Uh, my father and my my I had other couple other family members that were actually investing in real estate at the time. This uh, small three families, four families, and I, I always wanted to do it, but I I just wasn't sure how. Um, my father and my brother actually did a program in California about flipping houses. And mm -hmm. that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit and, and kind of made me jealous in a way. And then I just, I wanted to get into something. I just had a, a craving to, to just have something, some kind of passion. And then once I found real estate, I started, I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, which a lot of investors, it, mm -hmm. that's how they get into, it, it opens your mind to uh, see what their, the possibilities are with, with value and, and real estate in general. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing that, always uh, really opened my eyes when I was younger. My, my grandparents moved here from Ireland in the seventies mm -hmm. and they, they bought a four family in uh, Waltham for about 50 or $60,000 um, back in the day. And, and today I think it's worth somewhere around like uh, 1.5, 1.6 million. So it just, it kind of shows you how, how big the market has changed and, and, and how much something can drastically change uh, with real estate in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and um, 
I, I know there are many different, uh, um, God, many different things you could have uh, you could have pursued based on um, that uh, that path. Is there a reason? Because you're not you're not um, uh, partnering with any family members right now, are you, or are you? Uh, no, nope. Okay. I'm, uh, just, I've been just doing this all uh, all by myself at the moment. That, that's incredible. So, why did you choose to do that versus partnering with your brother or you know your your, your father or, or someone else? Is that not not an option, or is it something you just really want to do by yourself? Uh, yeah, no, it's it's that could be an option in the future, but we mm -hmm. we we all bought properties separately. Um, uh -huh. We all we all bought it's, it's something called a uh, FHA loan, which is which is a beginning loan from the federal government, just basically to help the economy, help people uh, be able to put money into the, the economy. And mm -hmm. it's, it allows you to buy it at um, a, a much lower down payment, three and a half percent instead of the regular 20%. And that's, that's what we all did. But I, after that, I, I kind of saw how much value there is in, in real estate and how much mm -hmm. value I added into the property. And that's what made me want to keep going and, and keep mm -hmm. investing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what really got me started, um, on the real estate path and, and be able to, uh, just basically make it a bigger part of my life. Mm -hmm. So, so how did you learn? Cause obviously, you know, you, most people don't understand unless they, they either told, um, or, or get burnt at one point, but you, you don't make the money when you sell the property, right? You make the money when you buy it, <laughs> you, know, you, have, exactly. you have to get the, you have, you have to get the right property at, at the right price. And how did you um, learn to do that? Because it's not obvious. Um, everybody's going to tell you that it's a great deal and it's a great time. It's a great location, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all of the, uh, uh, you know, the marketing industry around uh, selling uh, any sort of uh, real estate is is really um, uh, finely tuned to say all the, you know, all the right things and really get, get you to believe you're you're buying the the bargain of the century. So how did you how are you able to sift through that and find that the gems versus um, buying something that is um, either not of good value or worse that's you know grossly overpriced and then you um, either go belly up or, or you have to wait you know many many more years before you see the return that you're looking for. Yeah. So so basically, uh, what what actually helped me was I a project manager for uh, my father's restoration company. So so we mm -hmm. actually reconstructed a lot of properties after water, fire, mold damage. So we mm -hmm. we actually we're able to do all of those those things that are that you have to do to a property when you first buy it. But but when it comes to to valuing a property, um, I mean I I did lots and lots of research, read a lot of books for for almost a year, year and a half before I actually started looking for properties. And um, as long as you know the the market rents for your area, it's 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 a lot easier to understand how much value you can get out of the rent. So when you mm -hmm. buy a, a property, a rental property, it's a lot different than buying a single family. And and obviously, um, this strategy is totally different than flipping. Flipping is 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 just a whole different strategy in itself. Mm -hmm. um, also, when when you're buying a rental property, it's it's a lot easier per se because your tenants are paying for your your mortgage. So when, when I buy a property, I, I don't like to buy a property unless it's 75% occupied or, or higher. So that kind of um, lowers the risk for me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and it helps to be able to um, 
understand the full uh, view of the property. And I also use a, uh, I'm big into a real estate community called the Bigger Pockets. Mm-hmm. And they they have a lot of things that can that can help uh, beginner investors, and they have calculators. I, I use the calculators they, that calculates all the expenses. It calculates all the all the capex, the vacancy, and, mm-hmm. and they they have an, uh, uh, the calculator actually basically saves you from from doing what you were saying, either overpaying or yeah. or just getting in trouble in the market. Because it, it it puts all those things um, like capex. Capex is a, a capital expenditure um, mm-hmm. expense that you need to. It basically gets you ready to pay for a roof whenever that is, or or yep. a furnace, or all the the big items. Yeah. Um, and it, it also puts in vacancy vacancy too as well. So so all those things that it puts into the calculator helps you overall uh, put money aside for if things did happen. Um, and, and it's also the, my strategy is a lot different than um, just say a regular buy and hold because a regular buy and hold you have to make sure that you um, cash flow right from the beginning because if because if you don't then like you said you could get in a lot of trouble you could overpay and get stuck in the market but mm-hmm. what what I'm doing is I'm adding value through renovation so I'm I'm basically um, fast forwarding appreciating like the uh, most people would have to wait for appreciation to be able to actually get that value in their property but what i'm doing is i'm raising the rents and and as you know or uh, other people know is when you raise the rents to a property you raise the value of the property especially when it comes to commercial properties that's that's where i've actually been uh purchasing property um, nowadays and it's just mm-hmm. what I've realized that it's a lot easier to buy properties commercially than residential residential you can actually um, get in trouble with the actual refinance process because after you at the end of the refinance they the appraiser the appraiser comes out and appraises the property and if he doesn't appraise it at the value he wants then you could actually be stuck um, having a lot of money in the property than you originally wanted to. With commercial, it's totally different. You, it's based on the actual income of the property, which which I like a lot. Sure. So as long as you're confident, you can raise um, the uh, the rent by making these uh, changes. Then you can. Um, it makes it much easier, much more likely to refinance, right? You don't have to worry about waiting till the property appreciates. So does that did I catch that right? Yeah, exactly. And and as long as you understand the market, which which you can check uh, uh, Zillow or mm-hmm. uh, Redfin, and mm-hmm. as long as you can see the rents that other people are getting, then you know what your apartments that you have can uh, rent for. Obviously, mm-hmm. give or take of fifty dollars to a hundred dollars, but you you know what your properties can can rent for. So then you know that when you renovate that property, you're going to get this amount of rent, and that amount of rent will give you this amount of cash flow, which entails will uh, raise the value of the property this amount. Got it. So initially, so until you refinance the property. Um... Do you and you're doing renovations? So to, for this process to work, you need to have enough money to do the renovations before you purchase the property. Is that is that correct? Yes, correct. They also okay. have 
they also have construction loans as well that mm. you can uh, buy the property and then the bank will fund the, the rehab um, throughout the, the whole process. I haven't done that yet, but uh, mm. my brother actually went, went through that process. Got it. Now, when your brother did that, can you um, essentially set up most of that before you buy the property? Because obviously you don't want to buy it and then realize you can't get the money that you, you need if you're planning on the on the loan. Is that uh, um, is it relatively straightforward? Again, there's always, you know, barring inspections and that type of thing. But is that relatively straightforward if you do the if you buy the right property? Yes, correct. Uh, it's, it's called a 203K loan. And you can actually, um, like I said, you can get the the funds for the rehab before you buy the property. But the only thing is they, they give it in um, sections. They give it in thirds. So so you would have to pay for the first third of the, the renovation, and then they would inspect it. They would give the first third and then so on, the second third, the third third. But, yes, they, they would ins- inspect it, um, the property, as the work's being done. Got it. No, that makes uh, that makes sense. So, um, you know, the process makes a uh, makes a lot of sense. But um, in you know, in in the uh, uh, in this marketplace, it, it is very um, um, very competitive, right? Especially now that you got you know, rich dad, poor dad, you know, that whole army of people, right, looking for properties. There's many, many different uh, here in Massachusetts, anyway. There's many different networking groups. I know, like multifamily networking groups, because there's a lot of people scouring. Looking for these, so I would assume that you're not using, you know, traditional online sources to find these, or or are you? And just you're you're able to better negotiate a price. Like how how do you find um, the actual value? Because you, you can easily buy something. I can buy something today, right? But to find a value that's going to limit the risk to the greatest degree, that that that's what's difficult. It sounds like you have a way of doing that. <clears throat> Yeah. So when, like I said before, uh, commercial properties is anything over five units or above and anything under that is a residential property. So residential, it, it's very, very competitive. And it's, and it's it's like you said, it's very difficult. But when you get to commercial properties, there's a little bit less competition. But also huh. I, I have a um, the way I find properties is I use a direct mail campaign. And I'll actually buy a list of um, our the, what we like to look for is uh, in between 10 units and 30 units. And we buy a list off of a website and then we send out mailers with my company logo and just basically saying that uh, we, we are interested in your property and we'd really like to talk further. And mm-hmm. um, we just send those to all the property owners and then anyone that's actually interested would call back and that's that's how we've um actually been getting the properties mm-hmm. wow no, that's, them, uh, so. yeah yeah no that's uh that's great so um now i assume that you know 10 to 30 units is is not as competitive just because the uh the price is much higher so typically uh, an individual will be less, less likely to be able to afford that or are there other is it just more complicated do you think uh, uh actually yeah, a lot of people think it's more complicated, and they and they think it's it's a uh, it's a lot harder to, to get to that point. But it's really not. But I, I definitely see that um, that uh, forces people not to look at those properties. But yeah, um, yeah so it's it's definitely. I think it might be actually easier to get commercial properties than, than residential. Once once you're actually verified by the bank, and and it yeah. is it is troubling to get verified by the bank but uh, once you pass that aspect it's actually 
it's it's not as as bad. Excellent. So um, another way that you can reduce your risk. So you you want to buy at a good price. That, that that's the most important thing, right? Because if you overbuy, that that makes everything else much more difficult uh, in your in even in your process. Um, if you know how to um, rehab the house and know what, what's needed so you can estimate that correctly and then make sure it gets done um, effectively on time and under budget, hopefully, right? That's also another way to, uh, to reduce the risk. Another way would be if you had, um, um, you know, outside money of, of, of some sort. So do you take on uh, investors or, or other sources of, uh, of funds or, you, or do you fund this all yourself or through, uh, through title town? I, yeah. So the, I fund most of it through myself, but I, I am taking on uh, investors and have taken on a couple of investors. Um, but yeah, basically the the investors are actually coming to me instead of me going to them. Uh, either mm-hmm. either family family friends or, or stuff like that. But but at the moment, yeah, I haven't actually um, took on many investors because mm-hmm. I just haven't I haven't been I'm so um, like basically just going through the product that I have right now. Yep. And, and once, whenever I'm about to finish, say a month or two months about to finish the project, about to refinance, that's when I'll start sending out direct mail. And then yep. um, once once I find a direct mail property and, and say I find a, a possible property, that's when I start reaching out to investors and, and letting them know uh-huh. um, the full scope of the, the property that is, is um, looking at. Mm-hmm. So what do you, um, like, what advice would you give to um, an investor who doesn't want to learn everything you learned, right? But they, they see the value in this and they see that um, as long as they're doing all the things you're doing, you know, the risk is relatively low. Because obviously you can do this in a very risky way. It's much more speculation and that's how people lose. You, know, you literally can lose everything you put into a property and then some and still owe money, right? Um, but let's say they see they like your process and they would like to invest alongside you. What, what what do they need to know, and what would you want them to you know what attitude and approach would you want them to take if they were working with uh, with you? Yeah, uh, I always go back to a quote that that I always think about. It's never as good as it looks, and it's never as bad as it seems. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I yeah, so I basically just say. Uh, this this is to to younger inve- uh, younger investors, younger business owners, people that that are just starting out. Um, just just basically believe in the the process. Make sure you have really good strategies. Uh, and I always go back to I'm big into the law of attraction. Um, staying positive. Be grateful for what you have. Um, especially in the United States, there's there's a lot of um, aspects that people take for for granted uh, in the United States. The, uh, you look outside the United States, and there's, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of problems. There's, it's just uh, in today's day and age, the United States is, is one of the greatest countries in the world, and uh, a lot of people uh, just just need to just take a breath and uh, just just realize where they are in life, and then just understand that it could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So no, that you know that's that's really a, a great point because. Um... All of us that were born in this country don't always realize that we hit the lottery, right? You think you could have been born anywhere in the world, but being born here puts you, you know, immediately up in the, in the, you know, the top part of the world's uh, the world's population. Um, and and the interesting thing too is is um, and I like your quote by the way. That's, that's why I was laughing because it's it's uh, 
it's so true. But, you know, so how do you stay positive? Because I'm sure there isn't a single um, deal you've ever done that went smoothly and perfectly, right? There's always something that you just can't anticipate or some problem or, you know, an extra expense or, you know, three other things that you, you couldn't even have thought of if you tried. Right? It just it happens. I'm sure you're shaking your head sometimes. How do you get through um, those moments? Because that, that's really important. That's why most people don't even start because they start to think ahead a little bit and think, oh, I don't know what I do. Um, or it happens to them the first time. It doesn't happen. Doesn't, things don't go smoothly and they just basically quit right? And go back and, you know, they don't realize that uh, by thinking those thoughts in their head, you know, it's like your law of attraction. Now they're going to just bring more of that into their life as opposed to thinking about the, why they're lucky and why things will work out and why, you know, there's, there's probably a solution there. They just need to keep looking, right? So how do, how do you get through those those moments and stay, uh, you know, and stay positive? It, it, it's great to, it's great, to uh, uh, great to say, but it's really, really hard to do. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, no, and I understand that because a lot of people, um, not even just in real estate, go through uh, a lot of problems and they 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 have that stick with them for for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, the way the way I look at it, uh, the way the way I have run my business is every every issue or every problem, anything that happens, you you need to always have a system for that situation. So say a, t- uh, a tenant doesn't pay rent, you, you, you go to your, your drawing board, you go to your, your systems, and you know exactly what to do. So uh, anything that could possibly happen, you know exactly that there's a system for it. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's already something set up for that. Say, say um, you have uh, an issue with, with one of the, the furnaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I run my business, you, you have money set aside through the, your CapEx um, already, so so there's already a way to um, go through that. But but uh, with, with the law of attraction and, and being positive and, mm. and stuff like that, um, I, I just really really think that, like I said before, in being in the United States and and just looking around and, and seeing what you have and what to be grateful for in your life actually actually should help a lot of, of, of people going through issues or going through problems because I just had a, uh, a, a daughter, my first daughter, and she's, she's six months old. She just turned six months old. Whenever I have an issue or, or a problem or, or say something couldn't have gone worse. I mean, if, if you really look down to it, you, I'm grateful for her. I just like, you know, it's yeah. always have something to um, be grateful for. That's your main yeah. thing. And that can get you through almost anything. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's a good point because you can't be grateful and depressed and angry at the same time. Right? Exactly. <laughs> those those exactly. thoughts can't exist, but you have to you have to take a moment and just think what you can be grateful for. Because some days, you're like most people, right? It, it's hard to think about something <laughs> unless you're trying, right? You just feel like the whole world is uh, is, is coming down on you. That's uh, you know, I I'm I'm really that's a really interesting answer, uh, Ryan, because I wasn't expecting you to talk about systems, but um, I, I think the, the preparation is really key, just like in sports, right? When you're in the sports field, if you're in, you know, play baseball or football, you're on the field, you can't be thinking, right? You got to be reacting and you can't do that unless you've already practiced, drilled and rehearsed beforehand. So how did you know to, you know, put these systems in place? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, many first time landlords um, know that it's possible a tenant may not pay. Not all tenants are perfect. And they may not think ahead to put a system in place. What happens now? They don't know what to do, 
should I wait? Should I do this? Should I let it ride? You know, and then they bring all this stress into their life because they didn't do what you apparently do and, and have a, a system in place. How did that, did that, did you just know to do that? Or did you learn that from one of these courses or from, you know, your, your relatives are already doing this or how did that, how did that come to be? Um, one, one of the first uh, signs of, or things that I learned it from was uh, actually a person from bigger pockets wrote a book uh-huh. and, and this book basically it, it kind of gets you ready for that in a way. And, yeah. and the way, the way he runs everything is, is with, with them. So he has everything set up perfectly and and that's i got the um the paperwork and everything else from that book but for once even if if you think about it say when i first started uh investing in real estate i obviously didn't know much at all it was kind of and, and it, it was to be honest it's scary you know you don't yeah. you don't know what the next thing is going to happen but mm-hmm. if you and from that book i learned that if, if say the worst possible thing that could happen as long as you have a something to go to or something to look to, you don't have to be worried about anything that's going to happen or any problems because mm-hmm. you already have, like I said before, a system to be able to look at and say, that's what I need to do. And yeah. it just, it, it also helps with, with, uh, with stress. It helps with your, your attitude. It just, it helps with everything all together to have uh, just something to look to, to, uh, so you don't have to know, or, or same thing with, with, with real estate, it's, it's all about passive, trying to invest passively. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a way to um, help with the, the being more passive in your business is to just have, and this is also uh, a way for me to, if I ever move away from my business or, or I want someone else to take over what I'm doing, it's easier for them mm-hmm. to, to look at the systems when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, you know, uh, with that said, would, would you would you consider selling uh, any of your uh, any of your properties now, or are you looking for a, uh, someone to, to to buy this, or is this something that it's you know it's kind of case by case, and you you keep everyone until it either a better opportunity comes up, or or there's a there's an issue with the with the property that you hadn't anticipated. Um. Yeah. I. I, I have thought about selling some of my property. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, I at the at the end of every year, I'll, I'll I take into account all which properties I have, and I, and I and I always think about selling the the worst one. But um, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't. I haven't came up yet with with selling any of my own properties yet. But obviously, mm-hmm. every investor, every property owner, always thinks about um, selling their worst one, <laughs> the yep, one with yep. the most headaches. Sure, know? sure. Um, and it, w- w- what is the uh, kind of the worst headaches for you? Is it more like the, you know, the people issues with the tenants or is it more just the, maybe the location or you know, things you have to do to the actual uh, building itself? Um, I think it's, it, it has to do with uh, just making sure you get the right tenant. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's a lot of people don't understand how important it is to get the right tenant. Cause uh, when in the beginning of my investing, I, I just wanted to get the first person in there and, and basically you want to get it rented as quick as possible. But yep. as I, as I learned, that's, that's the worst possible thing you could do. The first, <laughs> the first person in is always yeah. the worst person. Yeah. 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 The reason they're so eager. Well, it's the same with when you're, when you're hiring employees, right? You want to hire the best person for the job, not just the best of the three that applied. Right. That, that, that's usually not a, not a good recipe. And I've, I, like you, I, I, I learned that the hard way. Right. Um, 
Exactly. So how do you, so, so how do you make sure you get the right tenant? Because that's something that I think a new um, real estate investor may not uh, um, uh, may not know or or, or anticipate. Because you think that everyone's going to want to come in and be a good tenant and pay on time and and you know not bother their their neighbors. But um, how do you, what, what what sort of process do you uh, you look at to to minimize having a bad person in there? Yeah. So. So I, I have a system for that as well. Um, first, we, we always make sure we do a background check. We always make sure that we um, check their their history, make sure that they've been arrested, no no evictions, nothing like that. And then yeah. obviously the the normal things like the credit score. They need mm-hmm. to their income their income needs to meet uh, three times the monthly rent. There's, there's all there's like five or six things that they need to meet just to be able to get an application. And then once gotcha. they get an application, then, then you can tell more about them, how they're, um, if the property is going to be fit for them. Mm-hmm. Now, do you actually interview them too, or do you have someone else do that, or do you just use the application itself to make your decision? Yeah, I, I use the application to um, get them in the door. So once uh-huh. they fill out the application, then I'll actually show them the property. And then after I show them the, the property, then I let them know if, if they're accepted or not. Because what usually, as long as you're in a, a decent market, you have five or six applicants that that you're showing to that you can actually pick who you want yeah. out of those those applicants. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that, that's a that's a solid process. Now, again, no no process is perfect. So, um, um, but if you have a process in place for when it uh, when it isn't, then that will definitely reduce your uh, reduce your stress too. No, that's that's interesting. Now the other thing you, you you talked about a little bit before we uh, bef- uh, before we started was about um, kind of helping the, the the surrounding community, which is um, very unique, right? Because I, I was talking to you before earlier, the, you know, the the definition of, of what a corporation is has been you know, has been changed now. It used to be just um, you know maximize the the value for the shareholders. Now it's you know maximize the value for the stakeholders, which includes you know. The surrounding communities and and you know business partners and, and other things, which I think is uh, makes a lot more sense. So we don't have these um, companies or you know um, rental units, for instance, you know behaving in a way that doesn't you know help everyone around them, which is I think a much better um, you know much better society for all of us to live in. So um, um, you know, it's, it's great to hear that you you think about that. But how do you uh, how are you able to uh, to execute on that that maybe a, a different owner may uh, may not. Yeah, so uh, sometimes I'll, I'll actually do some of the work myself, and um, I'll, I'll take into an account uh, how the tenants are actually going to feel, how they're going right. to uh, view the property from the outside mm-hmm. and the inside. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of in- owners or investors, they'll, they'll do the least amount of possible to get the most amount of rent. And sure. um, the way I look at it is, is I don't look at it as, as I'm going to live there, but I at least look at it as if I saw it, um, it, it would be a, a positive experience. Go back to, yep. the, to the law of attraction. As long as people can actually be positive and, and be grateful for for the the view of the house, uh, yep. sometimes going above and beyond with the landscaping. With let's say have a seating area in the back and the lawn. Just just have things where people can actually um, understand that you're a good owner, not just a, a slumlord. To be able to, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember where I grew up. There was there was one house, and it was you know it was kind of run down. I, but I never realized how much it impacted my attitude until the new owner came in and completely 
changed the landscaping and, you know, cleaned it up. And they, I don't think they spent a lot of money. They just put a lot of care into it. And it was really amazing even just the, uh, you know, how your attitude can change with something like that. Um, have you gotten any feedback from, from any uh, pe- people in, in the neighborhoods about what, what you've been able to do? Because I, I, ex- I expect it's probably pretty dramatic in some cases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've uh, Actually, the property I'm doing right now, um, I've had a couple of neighbors that didn't even live in the property actually just mm-hmm. walk over and, and just kind of shake my hand and say, uh, this is, one of the the worst houses on the street. I appreciate you uh, helping the community. I mean, the, the grass used to grow two feet high. Uh, yeah. You know, they, and they just basically said that it's uh it's helping the community. There's there's a school right down the street, and um the, the it just it just helps the whole community as a whole. And obviously, um when you raise the uh, the appearance of a property, it, it helps the your neighbors and the rest of the property as well. Oh sure, sure, yeah. It uh, raises their values, right? When people like, uh, you know, like the look of the whole uh, the whole street, it's kind of like that, um, you know, the uh, the broken window uh, um, uh, theory with uh, with uh, policing, right? Is if you take care of the neighborhood and fix things that are broken, people are less likely to misbehave and do things they shouldn't be doing, right? You're a little more respectful and and a little better. Uh, better behaved, but if everything's run down, doesn't look like, like it's being taken care of, you don't necessarily feel the need to, you know, be on your best behavior. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing how that, uh, how that works. And it's great that people, uh, near your, uh, your properties, um, see that and, and appreciate it. That's, uh, it's pretty amazing. You're changing, uh, changing the, the neighborhood, which is, which is, uh, I'm sure they weren't, wouldn't be expecting necessarily from a new, uh, a new owner. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. And uh, just to put another aspect on it, the uh, the, the previous owner uh, that owned this property what, actually never even showed up to the property for for two years. And uh, oh, when, once yeah. they, the the, the, first, the first time I was there, all the tenants were actually surprised why I was I was uh, knocking <laughs> on their door just to introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they were kind of uh, they thought something was wrong. They thought there was yeah. an issue, like an emergency yeah. and I just let them know that uh, I'm the new owner and I just wanted to let you know uh, if there's any issues, if you have any uh, things that need to be fixed inside your apartment, just please let me know. And they just gave my number and uh, email and uh, yeah, they were just very surprised. Wow. No, that's great. Well, you know, um, uh, in a lot of cases in our society, the bar is very, very low and yet people still can't exceed it. Right. So um, that's great. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad the tenants see that uh, also that you're, you're different and you're, um, you want to do more uh, for them and for the for the you know people around them. So that's uh, that's incredible. Well, Ryan, is, is there anything that that I've missed? That this has really been interesting to see how you um, how you approach this. I, I don't know, uh, you know, I know a lot of real estate people. But I don't know if I know anyone is doing exactly what you're doing. So this is I wasn't expecting uh, to get the, a little different uh, take on uh, on the process and how you uh, how you look at things. So thank you for uh, for sharing that. Um, but I want to make sure I didn't miss anything because you, you, we've covered a lot of things here. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's it. Besides uh, just just realizing the uh, the value in, in, in commercial properties, I know I, I said a little bit about it, but um, just just I just hope people understand that that commercial real estate is is there's there's tremendous value in, in commercial real estate, and it's actually mm-hmm easier to uh raise value in, in commercial real estate um it's mm-hmm. basically the only other thing i wanted to just get in there mm-hmm. that's great so if right. somebody 
you know, if somebody really, uh, you know, likes your, your ideas and, and wants to uh, um, talk to you some more about it, uh, you know, pick your brain or, or maybe even uh, invest alongside you as you find your next, uh, next opportunities, what's the best way for them to, uh, them to reach you? Yeah, just uh, reach me by email on uh, TitletownACQ hmm. at gmail.com or Ryan at TitletownAcquisitions.com. Got it. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, it's been a fascinating conversation, Ryan. Thank you very much for taking a few minutes to go over what you uh, what you do and, and how you think. I, I think this would, um, you know, probably got some people thinking when they uh, when they listen to this. This has really uh, really been amazing. And um, thank you, everyone else, for listening to Finding Unique Value. And look forward to sharing our next guest with you soon. And uh, thanks, everyone. Bye for now. The Finding Unique Value podcast is sponsored by Elliott Asset Management. We help successful entrepreneurs create wealth outside of their business. To discover the five ways successful entrepreneurs become intelligent investors and grow wealth beyond their business, visit ElliotM.com slash webinar.